Well, it's uh, it's been a minute. It's been a couple minutes. Let's be honest. I think last time we met, we were discussing what we thought was going to happen with the COVID outbreak. And you can't see the air quotes, but Evelyn can see the air quotes mm. in the outbreak. Um, we were discussing how we kind of bungled the response from the beginning and everything was kind of a stopgap measure. At least we figured that's what it was going to be. And here we are some, God, what has it been? Almost a month, three weeks later, at least three weeks later on our next recording. I think it's been a month. Yeah. It's been a little while. And I don't know if you uh, were paying attention this week. They announced that Kansas is absolutely last in the United States in testing per capita. Which is one of the reasons we have probably such a low amount of people that um, have actually been infected. If you never test them, you never know, right? They don't have access to it. There's another article I saw today that said that uh, Kansas is basically behind the eight ball when it comes to even competing for supplies. Mm-hmm. We just don't have the resources and Well, things nobody likes it. Kansans. Let's be honest. <laughs> we don't even like ourselves. <laughs> To be fair. And yet, thank, thanks to the Tiger King, I think we're still ranking above Oklahoma now. So Barely. There's <laughs> Barely, and that's no, just it's, uh, geographic. Yeah, there's, I mean, obviously there's a shortage on ventilators and, and testing kits everywhere, but uh, it's a big thing here. Yeah. Now, on this episode, don't worry, we're not going to be spending a great deal of time talking about the woe is me of the outbreak, for instance, or slamming on how government has really really dropped the ball and let's be honest what has the united states government actually done in a in a positive light in response to this the federal government not much Mm -hmm. but you know what's interesting is you know there's been um as much as you don't like government really in any form it's been interesting seeing the states reassert their ability to make decisions Mm -hmm. to an extent and seeing it trickle down from there it is. It, it, to use your word, or I guess it's actually my word that I overuse, um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to make that our uh, resolution. Just going to put it on a t-shirt. Just put, that's interesting. Because people will never know. What do, you, what do you mean? What What's interesting? Interesting good? Interesting bad? Do I have something on my face? <laughs> it's, it's one of those versatile words, like it fuck. It really is. It really is. The federal government obviously has done nothing but curtail freedom. They did pass a stimulus bill, which put aside a God-awful amount of money in the trillions. Which we're all going to pay back next year. Let's be real. Well, the vast majority of that money didn't even go to the citizens. Mm -hmm. Now, we get to pay it all back. Right, that's what I'm saying. But we only get a very small percentage of Mm -hmm. it. I don't know if you saw that the money's already run out for the small business loans. Mm Mm-hmm. As of Wednesday, I want to say Wednesday or Thursday. Yep. So if you didn't have your application in and hadn't already re- got the approval, you're it's shit out gone. of luck. Now but, the, but hey, the good news is the churches who are receiving money from the stimulus package are also encouraging their, what is it, practitioners mm-hmm. to also donate their stimulus amount to the church as well. Yeah. And that's another bad deal. It. 
that just that irks, irks me too. We haven't gone into our religion a lot on this program, and that's not my intention to go into it now. But one thing I will say is that anybody who's who's encouraging that right now in a time where, you know, I don't think we've ever seen in our lifetimes uh, a period of time where people genuinely are struggling to figure out how to support their families, how to pay their bills. They have no idea what next month, two months, three months, six months are really going to bring us right now. There's so many questions in the air that to ask people who are already in very uncomfortable places and have nothing but question marks ahead of them to (laughs) give even more to your tax-free organization that you've already gotten relief from. It's, um, and it's not going towards anything. There's nothing that they can really do here to offer real support. I mean, other than like soup kitchens and things like that. I just, I, I don't know. But those I just can't found be that. operated right, right now. But they can, right, because of all the quarantine rules. Correct. So I'm, I'm just at a loss. And I, I wish I could, well, maybe... I can't say that I'm surprised in general because I've seen a, a vast amount of selfishness come from, from organizations, but I was just so deeply disappointed when I read that and just so deeply saddened. I don't know. One one of the things that I dislike, and before you guys think that this is just going to be a railing on churches, it's, it's not. not. This is just no. a, a little side avenue. They're actually el- eligible as well for those small business loans, and as long as you don't furlough any of your employees then you don't have to pay it back. So it's a tax-free loan. They're already a tax-free entity, but there's other small businesses that provide other services that are never going to get those that have more employees. Now, do I, do I like this at all? Of course not. You, you know, my stance, I don't believe the churches serve a purpose. Notice I said churches, not necessarily religion. And I understand there are some people that probably derive some sense of hope, some sense of direction from, yeah. you know, whoever it is or whatever it is that they believe. So be that what it may, of course, I, I'm going to have a little bit of a, I don't know, a little acid reflux when I see that not only are they tax free, but they're also getting access to the same loans that let's be honest, the rest of us are on the hook for. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the problems with the structure that we have when you have forced taxation. An individual like me that is an atheist is paying to support an organization that I do not support. Just like you have people that are vegans that are paying to support the United States uh, USDA and, you know, slaughterhouses in effect. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. I just, for me, I, I was looking at this in a comparative light, I suppose I should say, because, you know, we live in the biggest town in Kansas, which, let's let's be real, it's not <laughs> humongous. Yeah, we have 50 whole people here. Oh my joke. gosh, shut up. Um, but, you know, I'm looking at the small businesses that are around, you know, um, Kansas was the first state in the country to close schools. The governor closed the schools for the school year permanently. Um, gosh, I think about a month ago, shortly after our last broadcast. Mm-hmm. It almost was just, immediately. Almost immediately it was done. 
And I appreciate where that was coming from, obviously, with the close proximity of students and the exposure rate obviously would go exponentially through the roof at that point. But um, now they've got a situation because we are the biggest city in the state. I believe there's, uh, I was talking to my teacher friend, there's something over like 50,000 students in uh, this city. And so a, a good number of them come from very low income families where their primary source of meals is school. And that's, that was done. And I promise I have a point here and I'm looping back around, but um, there was a group of small businesses that got together, restaurants, uh, mm -hmm. family owned restaurants here that grouped together, didn't ask for anything in return, did not ask for money from the district, from the state, but obviously they can't run right now. So they figured out a way, okay, what are we going to do with all excess food? Let's group together and see about um, putting together food packages that we can distribute to these low income families. Uh, they the city buses got together and all the students had to do was show their ID. So if the parents, obviously a lot of these are single parent homes, the students could get on the bus, took them to the food distribution location, took them back home for free. So it was just this really cool effort that all went in uh, to making sure that these kids have food. Right. I, I've even seen um, there was a picture from some 7-Elevens. Not mm -hmm. from here, where students that um, uh, that were of a certain age, and I believe it was below high school or whatever, mm -hmm. during the week, during lunchtime, they could come in for a free slice of pizza and uh, a drink. Yeah. No questions asked to help take care of it. So, But, I mean, that's the point I was making. And, again, not bas bashing churches and religion. I'm sure that there are some out there that are making great strides to try to do great kindnesses for people. But... That is not what I have seen a tremendous amount of locally. And again, when I saw that report, it was just such a stark contrast into what I, the good that I've seen coming from these other people who aren't asking for anything. Mm -hmm. They aren't sitting there going, hey, you know, we did this great thing for you guys. We would love it if you would try to keep us open, you know, send us some of your stimulus money this way, you know, hash, hash, wink, wink. It's just, it was just pure, how can we help? I have this excess here. What, what can I do? That's a good point. Now, of course, there are going to be people that are going to argue that the businesses did it as a form of advertising. Maybe they had some underlying motive. But, and that's true. That's, the, that's true. But but you're absolutely on to something. If you were a person that was unbiased, which it's hard for me to be unbiased, I would think churches should be the ones leading the way. And Leading by example, absolutely. That's not what we're seeing. Again, this isn't a bashing session, but we wanted to focus more on some of the good things that we've seen coming out of the communities that are developing around and this I outbreak. Am. I agree. I'm, but here's my thing with that. I'm, before we move on for that point, I would have had, <laughs> you know what? No, it made me mad. I would have had more respect if they said, hey, we're getting this set up. We're getting this set up. You know, um, this organization is doing these great things and they're able to just so they can't necessarily do the soup kitchens due to the restrictions, mm -hmm. but they have locations where they can send meals out and have them delivered on porch steps. Send the money that way. If you have extra money, send it that way. Let's get these or the church is working with these groups. None of that in from one of the ones that I've read uh, were in there. I'm sure there may be some out there doing that. And that's fabulous. And I love that. But from the ones that I was reading, and again, juxtaposition, juxt, 
Juxtaposition. Yeah. See? Mm-hmm. This is what happens, guys, when I'm stuck in my house <laughs> for a month. <laughs> All those little IQ points just go dribbling out of my brain. <laughs> it just put a, such a stark contrast up against some of the goodness that I've seen um, that, sure, maybe it was free advertising, sure. But you know what? You know how much better I'm going to feel about going to that restaurant and continuing to support the owners of that business because it's no guarantee. And they, you know what? They didn't advertise. They didn't ask to Mm -hmm. have their restaurant name put up on the school district website. Their names weren't blasted. They weren't wearing the, their restaurant t-shirts. They were just there in their regular clothes helping that. I appreciate because they recognize they are a part of the community. Mm -hmm. And that's the cool thing about, especially with local businesses is, it is a relationship and it has to be a relationship with your local community at a hundred percent of the time. Their employees come from there. Of course, their, um, their customers come from there, but even their suppliers typically come from local. They're, they're a very big part. And we've already lost at least, at least four or five major restaurants and God knows what else that aren't going to be, um, returning that aren't going to be returning Mm -hmm. because of this and they didn't get access to to those dollars now on the flip side just so we don't leave a bad taste in anyone's mouth did you see what was happening to the churches on easter i did not sorry i kind of closed everything down easter weekend and that was just my family time and this wasn't really here local necessarily but um of course you can't attend church services Mm -hmm. And Easter is a very big holiday yes. in, in Christian theology. And in Mississippi, which is where I'm from. Southern Baptist, isn't it? Who, me? Primarily. In the area, I'm sorry, in Mississippi. Uh, yeah, I, I, that sounds right. That sounds right. At least a Baptist. I just, I don't know if it, there, there were so many Baptist churches. First Baptist, Second Baptist, John the Baptist. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember all of them, but... um. Anyway, they attended church services from inside their car, and it was broadcast over FM radio with one of those uh, short-distance uh, FM transponders. I think they're called trans- or transmitters. Just like it's okay. They do- you can't mess up any more than I did earlier. I've got no room to talk oh, today. Oh, it's too early to make that claim. Way too early to Is make that claim. Is it juxtaposed? Is that the word I was juxtaposed. thinking Juxtaposed. Okay. I was going to say it was a juxtaposition... And then they just blended into this god-awful nonsense gibberish. I don't even know what it was. Continue. And they were, the cops were there waiting for them. And they wrote $500 a piece fines. Not a piece by car, a piece by adult. Mm-hmm. To everyone who was there. In Kentucky, if I remember correctly, they were all given citations, um, warnings, but the warning was um, basically, we've got your license plate number. You're going to be visited by the health department. And you are going to be put under mandatory quarantine for 14 days. Yep. You have been warned. Yeah. Weren't you filmed last week over your lunch hour? Because you and your uh, you and your coworkers, gosh, what did you... Uh, sorry, this was a, over a quick phone conversation. You said you guys had gone out somewhere for lunch or something, and that when you walked out, there was like three or four of you or something, and somebody was filming you guys. We left a big box store because we needed to get some supplies over lunch, and the big box stores are open. It was a hardware store, 
And yeah, there was some person, because we're not wearing masks, and we've got our uniforms on, that's filming us on the way out. And God knows what she was planning on doing with the footage. I haven't heard any knocks on the door. <laughs> I, I would be interested in having that conversation with this individual, but kind of drilling out. I mean, one, first things first, we've got some serious issues that are mm-hmm. going on here, guys. Absolutely. Typically, we've talked about um, the infringement of the Second Amendment, which, um, again, very important. But immediately, when you see something like this and people are telling you that you are no longer free to assemble, that I, as a singular individual who is the head of whatever the, whatever state, whatever government, has given myself the sole authority to dictate what you can and can't do and how many people you can do it with, that's a violation of the First Amendment. Now, I, I think I'm in a small minority when I, be, when I say that I don't believe that the federal constitution has much to say against how the states operate. And the reason I do that is because I believe if the states can nullify the federal government, then federal jurisdiction is small. So you're only protected by what the state constitution is. And we're not going to necessarily go down. Yeah. And just to clarify, please don't assume that we are in any way minimizing uh, the importance of being safe in public. No, and, of course not. Um, this this is clearly a pandemic of of an, and it really is. I mean, in in the sense of that you see it in movies, like outbreak or something like that. No, but I mean, is it? wise to be mindful when you were in public and washing your hands and making sure you know my my mother has afib she's very high risk if she's exposed to something i'm asthmatic this is a respiratory virus that puts me at a, at a greater level of risk and obviously i don't want to expose my children but um i, I take issue especially in the areas where you're talking about where i mean you have these families who are gathered in their car they're not in public. They're not going out and high-fiving each other and, and fist-bumping and, and sitting in close proximity. They were in their vehicles. And given $500 per <laughs> ticket per person, that's just insane. And, and to have it being done under the guise of uh, public safety, that's scary. It's absolutely scary. And everything the government ever does is for the reason you just stated it's for your safety. If you this hear is those words, yeah. this is for your own good. This is for your safety. If you hear those words, go the other way. Yeah. But um, we're talking about the amendments. And it, as much as I dislike churches, I really hate the fact that this was going on. And I really hate the fact that, and I say I hate the fact, but conservatives typically will tell you that the um, that law enforcement will never enforce an unconstitutional law. They typically cite that when they're referencing their gun rights. Yet, we see continually that law enforcement are exactly that. They will enforce anything that is that is law, whether it's unconscionable or not. It matters not to these guys. If you have any friends that are still on the fence, I'd like to think that now would be the time to start educating, to reach out and develop your community because you've got to admit 
even you, that right now there are more people prime for liberty, primed for liberty than probably any other time in our lifetime. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that it's due to the circumstances that we're in. Um, and pardon me, I forgot to meet my phone, guys. That was my You're fired fault. again. I know it. I know it. Um, to be fair, though, my kids are at their grandparents' house. And so if anything pops up, um, I wanted to make sure I was aware of it. So, again, now I'm mute now. We're good. So, <laughs> at least I hope it is. I probably messed something up. Now, is this born out of, you know, really unfortunate circumstances? Yes. But it's been... And I've, I've been having conversations on my computer, of course. I'm so sick of screen time, I cannot even begin to tell you. Uh, sorry, I'm not a, a sit-at-your-desk type of person. I've never sat so still in my life, and it's driving me crazy. But um, I was having conversations with, with coworkers, and of course, it was venting with the frustrations of this and the frustrations of that, and I can't do this and I can't do that. And yes, it's easy to fall into that, but man, I'm also looking at the fact of I've got this incredible time, this gift of time with my family, which although is it incon inconvenient in some ways, yes, absolutely. Am I finding a way to work around it or others finding a way to work around it and make this... Um, as successful as we can, yes. But I'm here, and my family's here, and we've, we've got that gift. And I'm seeing these amazing, good things coming out of situations like this. Um, I'm seeing people making an effort to help one another for no other mm -hmm. reason that, that, than that they can, and that the services that they would normally use aren't there right now, and they can't do it. And so like you said, it's this great little window opening up of saying, oh, you mean there was somewhere else you could go that works just as well? Maybe this is even a little bit better. You know what I mean? No, you're absolutely correct. And and you're picking up exactly where I, I was wanting to go. Two months ago, three months ago, you sit down with your average status, average person that is still in love with the government or thinks the government's necessary. You sit down across... Uh, from them and you say, okay, what's one of the most important things that government does? And they're like, well, you know, they're there to take care of us in the event of a crisis. They're there to provide order. They're there to take care of us, make sure that we have all the things that we need in order to survive and, and, and protect us. You go and you look at these people square in the eye right now and say, do you still believe that? Because at the first sign of crisis, what the government do? They shut the fuck down. And they started hoarding materials for themselves. And they told you, this is what you can't do. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, law enforcement, they're only going to come in the most dire. Your house of, is getting robbed. Tough Sorry. shit. Yeah, we're not even going to respond. But if you're in a parking lot praying or listening Look to a church out. service, we'll be there because we can collect some right. revenue from it. But I mean, you know, speaking of stories and things um i have a friend of mine who has somebody she's known for a long time lives in new york city and this was an important thing for me to see i think just because you know we are in kansas while we have a couple of smaller areas of more dense population mm -hmm. for the most part our state is very spread out and while we have i think around 1800 confirmed cases right now I mean, that number is obviously probably a lot larger. We've tested 0.6% um, of the population. Right. There's a lot of people who have had it, but they live out rural. There's no mm. 
resources there and so they they push through it so you know our number in actuality is probably much higher but we don't necessarily see the impact of these things in the highly densely populated cities like new york like chicago like la things like that so uh but no this post came on and this friend of hers was discussing the fact that his apartment or flat or whatever is located uh, across the street from one of the major hospitals out there and it had gotten to be a, a normal evening ritual for them at shift change to go out in their balconies, everyone in the neighborhood, and they applaud the healthcare workers who are pulling these crazy hours and shifts and wearing these crazy masks, trying to help people the best that they can. And this particular evening he went out and they had started to applaud and some of the healthcare workers were just kind of standing out there with these trucks. And at one point, one of them kind of like raised their hand in a motion to, you know, can you stop? And they looked down and realized that during this shift change, everyone was on board helping bring out um, the deceased mm -hmm. individuals because there was no longer any room for them in the morgue. And they brought out refrigerated trucks. And so they had stopped clapping. And he said it was just such an odd thing and so surreal to really for him to start seeing the reality of what was going on. And so he had this dire, sad situation in front of him and down the street where people can't see what's going on they're still applauding and whooping and it's this joyous moment right next to this stark reality mm -hmm. and um but like you said who's who's stepping in to help there's no one the government's not really doing a whole lot from what i understand they're not doing a goddamn thing to bring in the extra ventilators to do anything no. to help support these people in any way they're just on their own. What they're doing is forcing private companies to build the respirators, mm -hmm. to build the other stuff. And some of them, like Ford, for instance, they were already making moves. They'd shut down the factories to build the respirators. Chevy had to get a lot more pressure put on them. And this is not a Ford versus Chevy thing. But, you know, standing... <laughs> That's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't want to be involved in that. But the reality is... Ford recognized that the respirators needed to be built. And they went ahead and, as a private business, started making moves. Mm -hmm. But let's say they hadn't. And if Chevy decided not to cave either, the federal government has the ability to force these private businesses to make whatever it is they want at whatever cost they want. And you have no control over it. Yep. Now, did they do the right thing? Yes, they absolutely did. And I don't mean the government. I mean the private in, in the private industries. And that's that's the thing, guys. If you can't make someone see that it's the private industry that's going to save us, it's the private industry that's going to provide the medicine. The private industry is going to provide the test. Private industries are the ones that are providing the hospital services. Well, isn't that what it was in South Korea? It was they opened it up to everyone to try to find a workable test. You know, then, that would work en masse and have a quick turnover on the results, and it was the private companies. Well, that it, found, it always is. Yeah. I mean, the the only thing government produces is regulation. Well, yeah, bureaucracy. Yeah, that's it. But that's all they can do. And you know, like in South Korea, they at least didn't have the the hurdles to jump through. And mm -hmm. again, that was last episode. But anyone that is still going to sit you sit across from you. Six feet across from you, to be exact, because, of course, you don't want to, you know, get any closer than that. 
Sorry. It, uh, a, a little no, bit no, of levity there. No, no, no. My there. sister sent me something. It's like, uh, you need to maintain one and a half Danny DeVito's distance. <laughs> or Ben Shapiro's. <laughs> yeah. Which is equally as funny. Stuff. Go but, ahead, sorry. But no, um, anyone that's willing to sit across from you and still say that government is necessary after seeing how this was bundled. Bundled. Good Lord, now you've got me doing it. How this was bungled. You know, we saw Katrina. We saw the other disasters. The government is a disaster in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But what is cool, and this is where we're going to kind of shift and hopefully get away from some of this negativity, is the communities that are starting to arise. And speaking of communities, I know we mentioned it last time, but I think this is a great episode to uh, talk about it again. Peace Freaks, that other podcast we were talking about last time where it's basically a community oriented anarchist podcast where they're interviewing people that work within the community, people that are either advocates or associates of the group that are trying to promote the community. The one thing that's missing. I know when you guys listen to our podcast, we're usually sitting here railing on how much the government sucks and why this is bullshit and why the, why this needs to be a complete different way. If you need to take a break from that, or if you want to hear the other side of the equation where the community is being brought together I can't recommend going and listening to their podcast enough. I'll include a uh, link in the show notes again to Peace Freaks. Give them a listen and hell, let me know what you think. So now that we spent the first half an hour talking about all the stuff that I didn't believe we were going to talk about. <laughs> you know, you got to get it out of the way, though. And it's been a month and there's a certain level of venting that I think was, was necessary. I've, I've been trying to avoid... Uh, rambling, especially with my kids around, there's 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 enough going on. They don't need to be weighed down by any of the heavier stuff. But um, it's grown up time, and I needed to vent. So, and, and I obviously vent away. I, I appreciate your opinion. I know our listeners appreciate your opinion very much because you come at this at least less aggressively, I guess, is more than I do. And I even try to tone it down quite a bit for this for this particular podcast because mm. you, you've heard me in real life and I try not to make any ears bleed as much as possible. But I've got so much hatred for the government. It's yeah. Mine doesn't bleed over into the, the hatred so much as yours does, but there's definitely levels of uh, frustration and this has brought a lot of them to the surface. But again, it's not just with the government. It was just when, and, and we already discussed Authority it. In general. So, just the way it, it's brought out some of the most amazing things and people and organizations and places around us, but it's also really brought out some of the worst that just, they, uh, it just was horrible. What's cool, and before we go into the topic, um, I don't know about you guys in your areas, and we would love to hear back from you. Some of the local businesses are doing an amazing job of coming up with inventive ways to stay mm -hmm. open. Um, I think you were telling me one of your favorite sushi places was offering now like a punch card. If you come in during this time, during, you know, while everything's shut down and get like a curbside order. Yeah, no, there's a few places doing that, actually. Um, the sushi place I really like, they 
Uh, I think they started off offering delivery, but it got to be a little complex with the number of orders that were coming in. So they shifted over to a curbside pickup. So you call in, place whatever order you want. Um, they're doing an extra 10% off for emergency workers and things right now too, which is cool. That is cool. Um, but you go in and uh, they give you a punch card and after so many visits, you get a full 20% off your order on the next one. But uh, everything's ready to go. It's boxed up. You have your sticks, you have your sauces, anything, everything that you want is right there. It's made fresh right before you pick it up. And um, So it's like, hot and fresh when you pick it up? Well, as hot and fresh as sushi can be, yes. No, no, I was doing that on purpose. <laughs> there, no, there is one roll, actually. That it's um, kind of flash cooked with uh, the oil on the fire and everything, and so they do that quick little burn on it. It's a salmon one that's really good, but uh, not that you need to know all that, but yeah, one of them is kind of cooked. Um, but <laughs> but uh, no, and the, the um, head waitress comes out, and, you know, she's gloved up, and, you know, you know everything's been handled safely, but... Um, there's a Mexican place on the other side of town that a couple of my coworkers, I mean, they just are raving about them. And very similar thing where it's all set up for, I think they have uh, better services for delivery. I think that's what they've been doing for their serving mm-hmm. employees. Um, so you have the option to leave the tip in that way for them coming out to deliver. And that's how they're retaining and paying their employees. And and that's cool. And yeah. the, the company is waiving all the delivery fees mm-hmm. so you have more money to give to the individual yes. because that's all the money that they get and mm-hmm. seeing that kind of stuff um leads to the main topic i wanted to talk about and i had posted and as usual with facebook our stuff doesn't get out very far of the 330 or 40 followers we have i think 18 saw this question that i posed but there's this verbiage i keep hearing on commercials the new normal. I'm so sick of hearing that. I'm so sick of hearing that. Sorry. It, it is like the phrase du jour through my work, through my kid's school, every email from the teachers as we're working through our no- new normal. I'm just like, mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. you're fine. It it gives me the creeps. I didn't know you were getting ready to go through into that. So it's just like, it's like a raw nerve. <laughs> I gotcha. I understand you need to vent just a little bit more. We thought the tank was empty and lo and behold, we found the reserve, right? Shut up. It's not done. You know that. <laughs> anyway, the, the creepy part for me is that it's almost like this Orwellian doublespeak where you just need to accept this is your new reality. This is how things are going to be. Just accept. Just accept. And someone like me, who has a massive inventory of tinfoil hats, <laughs> massive fedoras <laughs> even, it, you know, as a situation. You should see his beret, guys. It's really cute. It's got raspberry sauce on it. A raspberry beret. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to break out in song. Don't worry. Go ahead. No, no Prince renditions for me ever but um you want to put on a little fez i don't have one of those i need someone to make me a tinfoil fez a tinfoil fez i like this yeah it'll even work with your little headphones and just little little fez i would actually wear that (laughs) if they could find one big enough for my massive melon but you have a huge head um god you completely derailed me there that's what i'm good at oh tinfoil hats You've got to wonder why. I didn't why. totally derail you. We weren't off hats. You were just on a tinfoil fez. 
you've got to wonder why they are pushing this um, type of language. You know, is it to soothe and calm or is it to get people ready for what we already hear from some of the governments here around locally that, you know what, we may not see people going back to work for a year until the vaccines developed, maybe even longer. 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Nobody's going to survive. And again, Mm -hmm. let's keep the tinfoil hat on here for just a second before um, we move on. You've got to wonder if maybe just maybe this is in an effort to shut down local businesses because the only ones that are going to survive are the massive corporations that are getting the bailouts. Massive corporations are easier to control. There's already talk of going to the digital dollar, which um, with a digital dollar, there's none of this paying Sam to 20 bucks to come mow your lawn because Sam would have to have the ability to receive Mm -hmm. this digital dollar and if he didn't have a business license there would be no way for you to transfer the funds without the government knowing that you just spent you're removing any way of paying people under the table yeah correct or making any transaction that the government can't track track or regulate exactly so taking the hat back off and hopefully to give the government reason to do exactly that i wanted to talk about agorism Agorism. Mm-hmm. It's not overly familiar with it. Is anything like agoraphobia? No, nothing like agoraphobia so, at all. I'm, well, I'm assuming the root of the word has to be something similar because it both have the gore. So it has the something agora. to do with people? Mm, the marketplace, actually. Okay, so gathering of people. Because agoraphobia is a fear of basically being around large groups of people or being around people. Yeah, but this is specifically the marketplace. Okay. Continue. You don't have to have a lot of people in a marketplace, and you can have a lot of people gathered that are not in a marketplace. Very true. Very so, true. Okay, so what is, you said ag- agorism? Agorism, and some people call it agorism, but it sounds too much like a horism. And I, just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that may be a thing, too. Well, that's part of the marketplace. That's that just is, only, That is. It's that, the oldest marketplace. That's on aisle six. <laughs> Uh-huh. Aisle six, row nine. There it is. There, there it is. is. There it is. But um, basically, it is the ex- the voluntary exchange of goods and services outside the control of the government, outside taxation, outside regulation. So you're talking more like black market. No, I'm talking gray market necessarily. Okay. Now, black market is technically part of that. Gray market is Susie comes over to mow your yard, you give her twenty bucks. Gotcha. Black market is typically you are purchasing items that are strictly forbidden or strictly outlawed by the government, like a fully automatic um, assault rifle, for right. instance. God, I hate using that term, but well, or it, it conveys the idea, or a couple of kilos of coke, or a <laughs> tank, or something like that. That would be considered black because it is specifically specifically illegal. Okay. Whereas gray market is like what happened at work today. I didn't even have time to tell you this. There was someone that came by my workplace offering, they dubbed it black market, but um, technically gray market haircuts. They were a stylist that were out of work, needed money. They brought all their tools and said, hey, I'll do this for a discounted rate under the table. Coolest shit I ever saw. 
And there were people lined the fuck up to get haircuts. And they were all giddy. I don't know. You if- know what, though? That's that's like the running joke. The friend of mine that I t- was telling you guys about that has um, an old acquaintance from that's in New York City. She's a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the running joke. Everything I see with her right now is just like the horde of women that are going to be like bashing down the doors of her salon when everything reopens and it's just gonna when they say the roots the roots are everywhere and just Mm -hmm. yeah sorry it's just i see all these things and she's she's such an amazing individual she's one of my favorite people and uh it's just fun to see her kind of getting lighthearted and laughing about it and knowing that she's like you know it doesn't seem like a very important service you know i cut hair and i do hair for a living until that service isn't available anymore Mm -hmm. and then you see everybody just like dying and begging me to come out and she she has three very very small children so she's not going out and doing mm-hmm. the like and she's fortunate her husband is considered an essential worker so they have an income coming in but um yeah that's cool i didn't know about that yeah i didn't have time to tell you but what i don't know is we're... why is your hair so long uh, you didn't you didn't partake of this service um she was overbooked <laughs> Like way over. Sorry, I know, and that wasn't even like a joke against you. I'm actually kind of shocked because I would think I would have thought you would have been the first ones going, "Hell yeah, sign me up!" What can I do to help you? Yeah, what can I do to help you? Except for this was being done in a facility that is not designed for this process, so the process takes a lot longer. Understood. Okay, that makes more sense. I I was, I came off as me kind of bashing you, but it's really not. I'm like, no, yeah, I I, call me Shaggy. I've got no problem with it. I've never seen your hair actually touch the 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 bands on your headset before, so that's why I was like, hmm. But no, I, had I had the opportunity, yes, I would have absolutely done it. But again, we'll, we'll try to get this out before you derail me yet again. That's what I'm here for, folks. What I don't know is whether they were more happy to get the haircut or were they more happy that they were committing an illegal act. <laughs> No, you laugh. They're, no, they're it's, ser- it's 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 a serious question. I get it, but it's just it's that that need to be naughty. You know what I mean? That's where I was just kind of chuckling about it. But th- there's something very important to this. Why does prohibition ever work? People don't like being told what they can't do. You goddamn right. Or they just need to be naughty. To use your words, which sounds a lot cuter coming from you than it does from me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Karen. Oh yeah, the Karen thing—that that's getting beaten down. It, Karen mm-hmm. was always a nice running joke. Now there are people getting seriously pissed off about it that have this haircut. Mm-hmm. They're like, "I'm not a Karen." Did you, You're a Karen. And meanwhile, they're telling on people. You know, like that person photo or videoing me uh-huh. and my friends walking. Oh out. yeah, the Karens have a whole new arsenal at their disposal now because they can't speak to everybody's manager anymore. So now they have to tattletale on everyone else in any yeah. way that they can. You're almost correct. Government is always our manager. Mm. Now they have the ability to throw your ass in jail. But going back to the agorism, black markets, gray markets, I think right now, other than trying to teach as many people as we possibly can, or at least plant those seeds, water them really good, fertilize them really well, and see if they can start to grow in some some of these new fertile soils that we're seeing ourselves surrounded with. Now is the time to develop 
our communities. Like what Nick and Lizzie are doing over at Peace Freaks. Now is the time to find your black market hairstylist. Now is the time to find your black market seed dealer. Now is the time to find the dairy farmer willing to sell you some milk because you can't get it at the store. If we all look local, find people that can provide services for us and goods for us. And likewise, that we can provide for them. And you know what? It, it's all, it really is all around us. And I, I know I'm referring to a lot of my friends, but I've been so proud of, I don't, I don't have a huge circle, but I'm so proud of the ones that are in my circle. I, I have another one who lives on farmland and she's been very open posting in her social media platform saying, look, if you are in a situation where you don't have something to eat, if things are getting to that point, you call me mm -hmm. and I will make sure that you and your family have food. Absolutely. No questions asked. You just, you let me know because they're in a position where they can provide that. There, you know? there are people that are going fishing and giving away that fish to people that are needing it. Mm -hmm. There are people that have spent years developing pantries full of canned goods. You know, the canned goods mm -hmm. that you, that, that are in mason jars where you're actually physically canning these things. That's some good stuff. That are not only sharing these supplies, that they spent their time, energy, and money, in some cases, um, uh, procuring, but they're sharing them and they're also starting to teach people how to do this. A lot of the stuff that was common knowledge two generations ago, it's still out there but no one's doing it anymore. And it tickles me to see people that are posting the questions online. How do I do this? How do I provide this for myself? One of the things that government can't take away from you is self-sufficiency. Now they can take away the land. They can take away your access, but as long as you can get outside of that, being self-sufficient is the only way to remain outside of governmental control. And if you can develop a network of self-sufficient individuals, you, you can exist even better beyond that. And one of the things, and when I go back, I listen to these as I'm editing it. The thing that I kind of kick myself in the butt about, and I want to try to rectify in this episode is that very rarely do we talk about solutions. We talk about a lot of the problems cause that's where I'm focused to me. You're trying to open people's eyes to the fact that there is a problem so that they will move forward into trying to find other solutions. Absolutely. I think we're at step two, step one, I should say, sorry, while Peace Freaks is moving more into community and second like step, that. third and, step, thing like there. Yeah. And there's hundreds of us out there. Uh, when I say hundreds of us, I mean podcasts mm -hmm. that all take different slivers of this pie to try to give a, a, I guess an entire well-rounded approach to it. Right. Each of us gives a nudge. For me, uh, I look more towards um, arguments. I am trying to make the arguments to convince people that are on the fence. Hey, this is bullshit. You do not need this in your life. And then once you get that crack in the foundation, hopefully hand you off to some of the other people as your interests begin to increase. Okay. So what do I do? So, with that, this is my solution. And it's not just my solution. Agorism is the only way. 
Now, where I differ slightly from the other agorists is that they believe with this philosophy. Every time you interact with other human beings outside of government taxation revenue, whatever the list, you're starving the government. You're taking a little bit of money away from them with the ultimate goal to make the government starve itself to death. There's a problem with that. They have the ability to infinitely um, create money and worse, they can increase the rates of taxation to the point of 100% of production. So I don't think starvation is really anything that can actually be done. And I say that because you can't, you can't starve something that can continually print its own food and can take everything you have, including your life away from you. But here is my view on agorism and why I think it is actually the ultimate solution to this problem. Not voting, not protesting, not standing outside the Capitol. None of the shit that we're seeing doesn't work. Whether it be Virginia with the red flag laws, whether it be the protests in every major country we talked about in, in the uh, episodes, uh, is violence inevitable and some of the other ones. What we can do, though, is build a network and show people that they do not need the government. The government can't tax you if you never purchase anything from them. The government can't regulate you. The government can't go, you can't go to work today because of this. I I don't work for anything you control, asshole. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to pass a law that says this. The laws can't reach me where I'm at. And if we can convince people that they no longer need to rely on the government, that everything we need can be provided for privately and more importantly, voluntarily, the government loses all power. I think you said it all. I said a bunch. You said you did say a lot. You did say a lot. I'm impressed. Usually I'm the big talker and the rambler. So what are your thoughts? I I think. I think what you had to say is valid. I, and I think this is such an amazing time to be able to just take pause and look in your own area and, and, and look at these amazing things that are going on. Like I said, it's it's so easy to get stuck in the in the negative of what we've got and the fear that cycle that's been pushed around. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking around and I'm seeing these restaurants doing these great things. I'm seeing these community members doing great things. I'm seeing my friends doing amazing things. Uh, I'm seeing the fact that our local farmer's market is still up and running. They're being careful, obviously, in, in how they're handling things. But they're there selling these goods and marketing these products um, without having to be inside of an old-fashioned standard store. You know what I mean? It's, it's just... Um, it's it's amazing watching the opportunities that have blossomed out of this and the good that's come out of it. And people discovering all these things that they mm-hmm. didn't think or I think some people even realize really existed for them. I think, and maybe this will be a good place to leave it, what I love is every single day... A person that believed that public education was the way 
is becoming a homeschooler. Every day, someone that depended on their supermarket stocking their favorite brand is becoming a prepper. You know how many people have discovered our local... Yes, I know, guys, get ready for it. We're in a smaller community, smaller, ta- or, I guess, a uh, more rural state, but our Amish communities around mm-hmm. here. They oh, are man. banking because of this. But the people who have never used it before mm-hmm. and are trying it and are going, holy cow, this stuff is amazing. Better food, fresher, no preservatives, I mean, no you bullshit. want to talk about all the non-GMO organic, no antibiotic people? No bullshit. Oh, man. And they're not regulated by the government, are they? Oh. Oh, God, go figure. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just, sorry, that was one extra one that popped into my brain. And that's a great example. Same thing with the farmer's market. But Mm -hmm. to kind of complete the thought, every single day someone that we would have laughingly called a statist is turning their back on the state. And it's up to us to kind of shine the light for them, Mm -hmm. welcome them with open arms, not say I told it. you so. No, no, celebrate it. That's really what it is. This is nothing about I told you so or look, look how I was right. It's just like look around and take it in, celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Don't let go of it. You know, just because what you were, and I'm not even going to say it was more convenient, maybe it's more convenient, but just what was more familiar and what you had always done, opening up to the, your eyes to that's not the only option and it's not always the best option. The government's always the worst option. I'm just going to say it. No. You're I mean, good. I thought you were going to end there, and I'm like, and on that note. No. Uh, no. I. It's. I mean, that. that's. <laughs> we get into every fucking episode <laughs> on the government fucking sucks. Yeah. The new motto, the government sucks. <laughs> but. Again. Now is the time for us to make those inroads. And I know we've got people that think elections are going to be the key, and I know people still think that voting's the key, and I'm not here to to. Well, you know the to world is going to be righted again in November, didn't you know that? But those same powers are still going to be out there. Now, granted, they may or they may not use them. doesn't matter. But the one thing that the government always has in excess is fear. They need you to be fearful of an outcome so that they can regain power. Look to the people around you, look to your community, broaden your community, and you will no longer have anything else left to fear. And with that, we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Stay healthy. Don't do it Live your life the way that you want to